0: Grace and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you've been in the church for more than a short period of time, you're well aware that the church can be truly beautiful. Just consider a few things that have uh, have happened recently or or are happening uh, shortly here at HOPE yesterday our youth had a car wash no big big deal right except that the car wash was raising funds so that they could join together with other lutherans from all around the country in fact around the world to gather in Houston Texas to be built up in the faith to do servant projects there and as we saw at the last youth gathering to make a truly positive impression on the city that we visit. But on top of that, our youth joined together with youth from a Romo Lutheran Church yesterday, youth with very different backgrounds, youth that the world would look at and say, these two groups don't have anything in common. They should not be together like this. But they came together, worked side by side, because they do have something in common. They have Christ in common. Well, this afternoon, many of you are going to be helping with a charity shoot. You know, Jeff has put a ton of planning and preparation into this. And many of you have uh, signed up to assist with it. Why? Well, because it's going to help women and children who are in need. It's going to help fund a domestic violence shelter. Later in the month. Actually, later this week, the quilters are going to get together. They're going to serve. They're going to use their hands to make quilts to be a blessing to someone. They don't know who's going to receive the quilts. I don't think they ever really find out if somebody has received the quilt uh, for the most part. Uh, But they make them and they give them to be a blessing to those who need them. And we've just barely scratched the surface. I mean, we can talk about intergenerational Uh, relationships within the congregation, uh, helping hands, providing meals for people in time of need, the unseen but very necessary of service done by those who do a lot of work that you don't always recognize, counting offerings, serving on church council, cutting the grass, caring for the grounds, visiting shut-ins without anybody knowing that you've visited them other than that shut-in faithfully serving in your vocations, on and on and on we could go. The church really is beautiful. Unfortunately, the church also can at times be quite ugly. We can wound each other, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. Ugly, destructive things can happen in the church. And sadly, uh, ugly and destructive things will continue to happen in the church but it will not always be so. This is part of the encouragement that we get from Revelation chapter 21. We live in a world that is soiled by sin where the ugliness of sin doesn't stop at the doors of the church. With all of the beauty of the church, the ugliness is there too. But God gives here a message that can make us hopeful as we bear with, One another as part of the church. The church is made of sinners. And that includes you. And that includes me. And because of that, because it's made up of sinners, there's going to be times of struggle. With all of the beauty of the church, there's going to be some ugliness that we have to deal with as well. But the Lord here gives us encouragement to bear with one another, because it's not always going to be that way. Revelation chapter 21, starting at verse 9, we have, Then came one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. The bride the wife of the Lamb, the church. Ephesians chapter 5 makes it clear that that's exactly what Paul is talking about here, or, or that John is talking about here, that really the Lord is talking about here. The church is the bride of Christ. Now, as we get into this, you've got to remember again, Revelation communicates to us through picture language. <clears throat> John will describe the church in words, word pictures that communicate the truth. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. John sees the church, the body of Christ, the believers who have been redeemed by Jesus. And how does this get described to us? It has the glory of God and radiates with beauty. You might remember in the Old Testament, sometimes Moses would go in and speak with God and what would happen? His face would shine with the glory of God, right? But it was kind of like the moon. The moon doesn't have any light of its own, but it's reflecting the light of the sun. Well, Moses would be in the, the presence of the glory of God and Moses then would, would kind of have this effect of like the moon, the, the reflection of the glory of God still radiating out from him. But now in the, the new creation, the way in which the Lord describes the church is now it possesses the glory of God. We will actually have the glory of God ourselves and be made beautiful by the Lord. All of the rough edges, all of the ugliness, it's all gone. The stain of sin is no more, no more infighting, no more backbiting, no more sinful pride. But in the new creation, not only do we have the breath of life, but now we have the glory of God as well. God makes his church beautiful. We go on in verses 12 and 13. It had a great high wall with 12 gates. And at the gates, 12 angels. And on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. And on the east, three gates. And on the north, three gates. And on the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates gates great high walls well in the ancient world you needed great high walls because there was always somebody outside of those walls seeking to get inside of the walls to take what is yours or to take the city itself your life was at risk if you didn't have these great high walls but now In the new creation, there's nothing outside to fear. It's all been dealt with. It's all been done away with. It's all been uh, dealt with by Jesus himself. So why do we have this idea of these great high walls? Well, what the Lord is saying is, you're going to be completely safe. You will be completely safe. That's one of those things people in this world desperately want. They want safety. And you know what? You can't have it. You know what's safe in this world? Nothing. <laughs> there is nothing that is completely safe. There are risks to literally everything. There is no complete safety. But the Lord says, in this new creation, you will be completely safe. Nothing to worry about. The Lord's got you. He's taking care of all of the enemies. This great high wall is a reminder for you, you you don't have to worry about a thing. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Now, I, I kind of love this verse, because we have the 12 foundations with the twelve names of the 12 apostles. And earlier we had the 12 gates with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel, right? Well, What do we know about the 12 tribes of Israel? What do we know about the 12 apostles? (laughs) They were always faithful, right? (laughs) Not so much. You want to talk about the ugliness? I mean, the 12 tribes of Israel would would fight each other and kill each other on top of those outside. And they were consistently going after false gods and consistently having problems with that. We had that reading from John where Jesus is talking to his disciples and and he knows what's going to happen. He knows they're all going to abandon him. And yet he continues to love his people and he has in mind this reality, this future reality of how it's going to be, and it will be beautiful. With all of that's been done, with, done away with. All of that's been dealt with. And you don't have any of that that remains. God's people will be made truly faithful, truly beautiful. And so that's, that's communicated to us by the, the 12 gates and the, the 12 foundations with the names of the 12 apostles. But you also think about that, the 12 foundations, and you might think, well, wait a minute. I thought Christ was the foundation, right? I mean, we have the whole hymn, right? The church is one foundation, which I probably should have chosen for this service, but I planned it way too far in advance, and I messed that one up, so sorry about that. But you have that, right? You know what's the foundation Christ is, but what's this deal about the 12 apostles? as the foundations. Well, we have 1 first, first Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, says no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. But then Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, says built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So what's the deal? Who's, who's the foundation? Is it the apostles or is it Jesus? Well, it's Jesus and he has the apostles teaching what he has done. They're building on him. They're not their own individual foundations doing whatever they want to found. They are grounded in Christ. He's the bedrock. They're the foundations upon that bedrock, and their teaching is the same teaching that we have today. Right, One holy Christian and apostolic church. We don't believe anything new. It's been handed down to us. It's the same truth that the apostles received from Jesus, that the apostles passed along to their hearers, that was then passed down to their hearers, that's been passed down to us. Let's jump to to verse 22, where it says, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God Almighty, And the Lamb. The lack of a temple in a city probably isn't a big deal to us, but it would be for the ancient people. It would be for the people that John was writing to, for the immediate audience here, because at the center of every major city would be a temple. the The center of life was the temple. And you would build around this temple because the idea was whatever that God was, that's the God of this city and that's the God that will then protect this city. Well, here we have no temple. (laughs) Why not? Why is there no temple? Solomon built a temple for the Lord so that it would be right there at the heart of Jerusalem. Why do we have no temple in the the new creation? Well, you don't need it. (laughs) The temple was there so that God could be there with his people well, God's going to be there with his people in a much greater way. You won't need a temple. You won't need to go to a given location to find the Lord. He's going to be with us directly without any need of a temple. We talked about that with the kids, you know, gathering. Where, where can you gather that, that, that the church can be the church? Well, it doesn't really matter. You could do it anywhere. We are really blessed that we can do it here because we know where and when to gather and we're protected from the elements. But in the new creation, we will always be gathered around the Lord. He will always be with us. We will always be with him. Now, there's a lot more we could cover here. uh, But I want to finish with this. The church is beautiful. But until Christ returns, its beauty will always be tarnished by the ugliness of sin. As individuals, we are simultaneously saints and sinners. And, well, what is the church made up of? Saints and sinners. So the church will not be fully pure until Christ returns. But when he does... It will be truly beautiful. But don't let the troubles of things you encounter in the church keep you from gathering with the saints. God has established his church. It is his will that we gather together. It is is his making that draws us together. He's at work through the church even now, cleansing, cleansing us therefore cleansing the church, so that not just in eternity, but even now, the beauty of Christ's church may be seen and may be a blessing to the world. We are the ones washed in the blood of Jesus, and so we live as those forgiven so that we can forgive and be a blessing as we have been blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.